Well, good morning and welcome to Barrel Life Church for part three of Still Standing. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. I want to say thank you so much for being here in person. I want to welcome everybody online, but also I want to give a shout out to our church located in Grace. And I don't know if you're visiting with us or near but we have a campus, a, a church plant that we put there in Grace in, and they're now with us streaming live today. And we're so thankful that they're turn, tuning in with us and that God is using Pastor Aaron and that, that group of guys to really reach the region. Um, if you're visiting with us, again, welcome to Barrel Life Church, man. We're so glad you're here. We're typically, we uh, have two services. We're about now getting close to the threshold of to, uh, uh, you know, our capacity that we want to feel comfortable with in our auditorium to start adding a second service, adding it back. So you just hang tight. If you're watching online or you're with us, we're going to grab some more space, create some more space for you and your family. And those services, when it will, it could be next week. So just hang tight. We'll let you know. We'll put it out on Facebook or we'll send you, send you a text. Or One of the greatest ways to keep up with what God is doing at Bear Life Church. Whether you're watching online, we have people in Cleveland, Ohio, we have people at Virginia Beach, uh, email in us that they're watching all over the country. If that's you and you wanna keep up with what God is doing, the greatest and the quickest and the best way to do that is to download our app. Yes, we make them for Android. <laughs> you know, Download our app and then turn on your notification because we're gonna noti notify you when, hey, if there's a change or hey, you know the weather, maybe next week it's pouring the snow and, and we don't have the 10 o'clock, we move it to the 11.30 time. So if you wanna stay in the know, one of the fastest and best way to stay in the know is to download our app. It's an unbelievable uh, a tool that God wants to use in your life, but also just to keep up with what God is doing. Now, today's a big one. Today is one that has affected every single one of us, and I don't care really how old you are. This one has affected every one of us directly and indirectly, and what you're about to find out today is that it's still even affecting you, even how you live today, even though it could have been years and years and years and years down the road. How many of you in your life, you have had someone hurt you before? Raise your hand. If someone, if someone in your life has hurt you, raise your hand. All right, that's everyone. I didn't see you raise your hand online, but I'm sure you did as well. Of course, I guess in a chat, you can kind of put your hand up. I guess if you want to raise your hand in the chat with us. Uh, you've been hurt. Now, you've heard it said that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Whoever wrote that's a liar, man. Like, if somebody had no idea, like, that is the biggest lie whatsoever, because most of the pain and things that you harbor in your life right now most likely is what someone has spoken over you, what someone has said to you. Uh, it could have been an action and then they spoke it over you. But most of the hurt and pain has come from, honestly, not from strangers, not even from enemies, but from the closest people around us. Family members, friends, coworkers, teachers, coach, the people that you've looked up into your life. Now, today is not so much talking about how to control your mouth and your words and how to, you know, uh, season what you say with grace. I'm actually talking to the person who's actually been hurt, which is every one of us. Every single one of us have been hurt in some form of fashion. And some of you today, you are still allowing the pain and the hurt that happened to you yesterday or 20 years ago affect how you live today and hold you back from being everything, I'm gonna scoot this up a little bit, everything that God has for you. Because when you focus on your pain, you can't see where God is directing you. When, you, when you're harboring your pain, you miss God's purpose for your life. And that's really what I wanna focus on today is how do I get through pain? And there's a big word when it comes to walking through and getting through that pain in your life. And it's a word that you hear about. It's a word I guarantee you think you've already done. It's a very misunderstood word, misused word, misapplied word. And honestly, a lot of people don't 
fully grasp this word, and it is the word forgiveness. Now, we may say we forgive you. We may, and I don't know if you know this or not. We did a, talked about in our marriage night. Speaking of marriage night, we're super excited about the marriage night coming up. If you are a married couple, oh my goodness, Valentine's Day on that Sunday evening, marriage night. It's gonna be our third year we've done this. It's so good. I'm telling you, you don't wanna miss this time. We're gonna do marriage night, both campuses, both locations. And uh, that's this little commercial break for marriage night coming up. But we talk about love language before and every spouse have a love. I've sat down with people who've been married for 35, 40 years and they don't know each other's love language. They're just roommates, and they don't know how to speak each other's love language. And we've talked about that. But just like there's a love language, there's also a forgiveness language. People receive forgiveness in different ways. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's been received or how it may go. And so that's another whole, whole sermon. But then we'll talk about that, that topic of forgiveness. Don't answer this out loud, but here's a couple of true or false. I want you to think, true, is this true? Is this statement true? Is it false? A person should not be forgiven until they asked for it. You don't have to say it out loud. Is that true? Is that false? They should not be forgiven until they come and stand right before me, look at me and tell me they're sorry or call me or text me. That's still a little bit impersonal, right? Is that true or is that false? You think about that. Forgiving includes I should minimize the offense and the pains you cause me. I shouldn't think much about it. That's really true forgiveness is I just got to block it, get out of my head and go, it's no big deal and just push it, push it, push it away. Is that true? Is that false? Forgiveness includes restoring trust and reuniting the relationship. See, this is one of the biggest problems I have in marriage couples when there's usually infidelity or there's porn or there's some cheat or something happened. There's somebody been hurt. I don't trust you. Can I forgive and trust? If I forgive them, do I have to trust them? Does forgiveness and trust go hand in hand? Aren't you glad you came today? Right, because that's the, that's the product. I forgive you, but I still don't trust you. And I feel guilty because I don't trust you because you fill in the blank. So because forgiveness and should forgiveness or forgiveness includes forg restoring, it has to be restored and it has to be reuniting of the relationship or forgiveness truly was not shown. Or here's another one more statement. You haven't really forgiven until you've forgotten. Forgive and forget, Right? Honestly, when you look through the scripture and you see what the Bible talks about forgiveness, every one of those statements are false. According to the scripture. Because the question is, why is it so hard to forgive? Why is it so hard to forgive the person who walked out on you, left you with the three kids, and about bankrupt you? Why is it so hard to forgive the boss that fired you? The teacher that, or coach that didn't believe in you? The friends that stabbed you in the back? The people you poured your life into? Why is it so hard to forgive the one who walked out on you? Or the business partner that went south on you? Like, why is it so hard to forgive? Why is it so tough? In fact, it's probably one of the most, maybe one of the hardest things to do in the Christian life. And it may be one of the most difficult lessons for you to walk out and live in your life is this topic and this thought and this action of forgiveness. Well, there's a few reasons real quick. I mean, this is not on the screen, but if you're taking notes, one, it goes against our nature. Like it goes against our fallen nature to forgive because here it is, right? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You wrong me, I wrong you. You hurt me, I hurt you. You talk bad about me, I talk bad about you. Talk bad about my mama, I'm gonna talk bad about your mama. Come on, middle schoolers, right? You know how it goes, right? That, is that not what it is? If you hurt me, then I have the right to retaliate. That's the survival of the fittest, right? That's what they say. It's like, you, you don't. If they hit you, you hit them. If they slander you, you slander them. 
it's, it's, it's in our fallen nature, our sinful nature. We have been now wired to go against when you're a wrong. Come on now, don't sit there like you got a halo on, right? Is it not? And you're like, man, I'm a Christian. I still feel that way. Like, I, I'm a Christian. I still want to retaliate. And if you really want to see, <laughs> if you really want to see it, go to sport events <laughs> and watch parents when a referee calls a foul against their kid. Man, there's some retaliation. Like, you know, it's so crazy. Like, you come to church, you go to a ball game, you'll lose your flipping mind, man. You got your shirt off and you're swinging like this. I mean, like, Jesus is Lord. Yeah. We won. Wah! I mean, like, you're so victorious. I mean, it's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm getting off the topic here. But it's not in us, or it, 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 our sinful nature wants to retaliate. It wants to get even. Here's a big one. My wife and I, we talked a little bit about this this week. She was sharing some things, even her own life, and the Lord was showing her. But the vengeance is the Lord. It, it forces you to trust that justice is in God's hand. That's hard. And I'm going to share with you why some of you are still holding on to the pain in your life. It's because you think they win. Like, you don't believe that God will fight your battle, that God will stand up for you, and that even though everyone believes what they want to believe, that justice is in his hands, that he will fulfill, he will be the one, he will be the person who makes sure or carries out whatever you're really wanting to do, but in his time and in his way and his purpose and his plan, and that's hard for us because we don't want them to get away with it. In fact, Paul writes in Romans, don't take revenge, leave room for God's wrath. You gotta leave room. Trust that God will do what he says he will do. And here's something else I've learned about it's so hard to forgive sometimes. Yes, there's sometimes, and there's, there's times in my life I have purposely made one conscious decision to do it, and I did it. And then all of a sudden, time will go by, and all of a sudden it's brought back up, and I realize there still does something within me and I have to get before God again and work through it. it. Sometimes it's a continual process, but it can be a choice that you choose to make. God, I forgive them. Because the challenge is, the challenge is, because the cliche, forgive and forget, that's baloney. Like some of the worst pain in my life, I still remember. So how do I, here it is, how do I continue to live my life with the pain from my past? How can I keep moving forward when I have so much baggage back here? And some of you right now, the reason why you can't live is because you're still living in your past and that person and that pain still has a grip on you. And guess what? They're probably not even thinking about you. You're driving down the road looking into your rearview mirror. And when you're always looking in your rearview mirror where your, your past is, you can't see your destiny and you can't see God's purpose for your life in front of you. And some of you, you've been wondering, and what really is because you've been blinded by pain. Things that happened last year, last week, 30 years ago. You still harbor this in your life. The real challenge is to forgive even though you remember. That's the real challenge. You remember the pain. And you still, now as a Christian, like, how am I supposed to do this? Here's some lessons that I've learned. Again, these are not on the screen, but something for you if you're taking notes or whatever. Here's just some lesson I learned. Forgiveness relinquishes my rights to retaliate. True forgiveness, biblical forgiveness, 
relinquishes my rights to retaliate against you. Here's what, here's treatment. It's admitting you hurt me and I have the right to come back to you. I deserve to come after you. I deserve for you to hurt as much as I hurt, for you to go through the pain that I've gone through the pain. However, I'm gonna give up my rights to retaliate against you. You see why that's so difficult? You see why that's so hard? To forgiveness is to relinquish the rights to retaliate against someone else. That's a hard lesson to learn, but it's what as a believer and a follower of Jesus, we must and need to do. Forgiveness does not mean, here's the second thing, that you forget. Doesn't mean that you have to forget, because some of you right now go, why is it still in my mind? Why is it still there? Well, you have an enemy called the devil who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. He wants to do everything in your life to render you useless for advancing the kingdom of God. And if he can bring back up something from your past, hurt, or pain, and lodge it in your mind that keeps you in anger or bitterness or resentment from living today, he wins. And so most likely, you will always remember. They walked down on you. They touched you. They hurt you. They said that about you. And you have scars from your past. But I'm here to tell you, the Lord wants to use your scars to minister to the people around you. That's why you have pain. That's why you have scars. Jesus looked at Thomas and says, here's the scars. The nail hole scars in my hand. Jesus used his scars to minister to Thomas. God used can use your scars to minister to other people who are going through it. But if you're bitter and you resent and there's unforgiveness, no wonder you don't understand what your purpose is and destination, what God wants to do in your life. Here's another thing I've learned about forgiveness. Forgiveness does not remove the consequences of your sins. Just because you forgive does not mean there's not consequences. Just because you receive forgiveness does not mean there's not consequences. Bro, you walked out on her. You left her with the two kids. She's forgiven you, but here's the consequence. You now get to see your kids every other weekend. Just because you're forgiven doesn't mean there's not consequences that you have to walk out. It doesn't mean that they're gone. And one of the groups of people that push back on this as a parent is when you become, when you have teenagers. (laughs) I'm sorry, does that mean I can go? (laughs) No. I'm sorry, do I get my phone back? No. I'm sorry, can I stay up late? No, right? I mean, right? Because you forgive me. I, I, there's consequences when you disobey. See, we have this side. Well, I, I'm sorry, so now I can do what I want, right? I mean, like, forgive, forget. It's over. Like, there's no consequences. There's always consequences to your disobedient. Some will be invisible. Some won't be visible. But I'm here to tell you, forgiveness does not remove consequences. There are still consequences to decisions or actions that you did or that has been done. And here's a big one. I just mentioned this while I go for married couples, especially forgiveness does not rebuild trust instantly. You can forgive someone and not trust them. Forgiveness is the door that opens the possibility to trust again. That's what forgives, but it has to start there. It opens the door. And, and I see this usually on the fence. It usually comes from the guy 
because guys move on quickly. I'm sorry, move on to the next thing. The guy, this husband and wife, they argue time, and the wife, she doesn't get hysterical, she gets historical. Hey, remember when you, last month, last year, right? And if she's still bringing up the past, she's not over it yet. Guys are like, sure, I'm sorry, forgive it, let's go. And you're like, wait, no, you can't move that fast. Uh Uh-uh, we gotta talk about this, right? But listen to me, bro. If you want to rebuild the relationship and you want her to trust you, then you have to start displaying trustworthiness. So here you go, honey. You have access to my phone. If you're married and your spouse does not know your password to get into your phone, something's wrong. Something's wrong. You need to have a conversation after church immediately. If your spouse doesn't have access to your computer at any time they want to see anything which you've been looking at whatsoever and you want to hide that, keep that, something's wrong. Trustworthiness, it goes, here it is. You look what you want to look. Especially if you've messed up. Especially if you fail. Hey, you listen, call Mike. We're going to the gym. You can make sure I'm at the gym. So she calls Mike and she says, Mike, is, is John there? And you're like, what? Or you're like, why are you calling checking on me? Because last time you said you're going to the gym, you were with her. So if you want to be trustworthy, then accountability comes and goes, whatever you want. I'll do whatever it takes to rebuild this trust in my life. Here it is. And y'all sitting there going, man, this is, that's silly. No, because most married couples act like a bunch of teenagers. Let me give you two words to fix most of your marital problems. Grow up. And there's a lot of people just haven't grown up yet. Especially a guy. Forgive, forget, move on. Hey, it's over. Don't, don't follow up on me. You don't have to ask where I'm at. You don't have to ask me 24-7. You don't have to call me and text me. You don't have to put me on Life 360 and follow me everywhere I go. Uh-huh. You want to rebuild back trust? Be trustworthy. This is not a marriage series. Get ready for the relationship series starting next month. Another commercial break. There we go. Here's another thing of forgiveness I've learned. Forgiveness doesn't always, and this one was a hard one, and this was really, I think, a hard one. For me personally, I think this relate, but for a lot of people, forgiveness doesn't always, always result in reconciliation. And that's probably the hard one. Just because you forget doesn't mean you're going to be reconciled. In fact, the Bible says do everything you can, but be understanding that that person may not receive it. You made the phone call. You sent the text. You wrote the email. You've asked for forgiveness. You've said you're sorry. They won't receive it. You've done everything you can do. Sometimes that's how it's going to end. You try to reconcile. They don't want to reconcile. Not that you're trying to restore even a fellowship. You're just letting them know, I hurt you. I'm sorry. I wronged you. And to forgive them, but they don't receive it. And when you are focused, and here's what most people, and when most people focus on the hurt, here's what happens. You're allowing that person to control your life. And some of you right now today, you allow something in your past that happened because someone hurt you come from a parent, a family member, a spouse, an ex-spouse. You can fill in the blank and you're still allowing them to control you today because you won't let go of the hurt and the pain. And so what do you do? What do you do? Because I can hear some of you right now, you're not even saying it. I can just sense it. I don't want to forgive them. 
In fact, you will pick the phone up and call your, some friends of yours just to talk to them about it because you know they're gonna reinforce you what you're thinking about. You're like, that's right, you deserve that. You better be very careful who you let speak into your life because you'll get the wrong people in your life going, you know what, that's right, you should leave him. He's a dog, he runs with dog, all guys are dog, nothing but a, you should leave him. You have the right to leave him. He hurt you, he wronged you, and you'll get these people to start speaking your life who listen, who don't follow Jesus, don't know nothing about Jesus, and they're sitting talking to this stuff, and you're going, you're right, I'm just looking for affirmation. I'm looking for somebody to tell me I'm doing the right thing. Or you go to your buddy who's having their problems, and you're trying to find out from him guys at work, and he's like, man, listen, if I was you, bro, I would go live life and get back up and do your thing, and you're letting the wrong people speak into your life. And some of you right now are going, I don't want to forgive. I don't want to do it. Why forgive them? But there's this, there's this emotion or attitude. Like the author of Hebrew says this. He says, it's bitterness. But without this, bitterness, bitterness will grow in you. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4, 29 through 32. He goes on and says all the stuff that comes out of my mouth. But he says, Here's attitudes that you need to remove from your life. And the first one is bitterness. Bitterness is a sour spirit. It's a sour speech. It's, it's someone who has a resentful heart and they refuse to reconcile. If you ever meet an old, old person, an elderly person who's really bitter, it's because they were hurt and they never gotten over it. And I'm telling you, if you don't deal with that pain now, you will die a very old, bitter, hateful person because you did not allow forgiveness to flood your soul for the person that hurt you and wronged you. And here's what I know. None of you want that. None of you want to get to the end of your life and people don't want to be around you because you're so mean and bitter. You do not want that. And so forgiveness unleashes and restores where that Bitterness is, it pulls that root out. The author of Hebrews says, the root of bitterness will grow in you. It will pull it out. When you find someone who's bitter, it's because they've been hurt and they've not dealt with it. He goes on and says, get rid of all bitterness, all wrath and anger. If you find someone who's always, 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 always mad, it's because they had a pain in their life they've not dealt with yet. You don't need anger management, you need heart surgery. And you need to find out what has happened to you that caused you to always be pain, always be anger, always have wrath. And you come home from work and you take it out on the people you love and you take it for granted that they will always be there. But listen to me, bro, one day she won't. All because you were hurt over here, most likely by your father. That's another issue we could talk to. And now there's pain in your life that you've carried with you and now you're 30 years removed from it and you'll wonder why you're always still mad. And you blame it on work, you blame it on you don't sleep enough, you don't know good with your finances, you blame it on you have no purpose. It's because you've not fixed the pain in your life because someone hurt you. Get rid of all wrath and all anger. He goes on and says, get rid of clamor or harsh word. This is really someone who yells all the time. It means to yell all the time. If you are yelling all the time, there's something that's hurting in you. Paul says, get rid of all of it. He goes and says, get rid of all slander. Slander is speaking evil against someone or wishing evil against someone. And I will say this is probably one of the biggest sin that has crept into the family, into the church of God, into Christians' life. And most of the time, we use prayer to slander. 
to hurt someone else's reputation. You don't believe me? Hey, did you hear about so-and-so? Oh, I know. I can't believe she did that to her husband. Hey, we need to pray for her. And we have no idea the enemy is moving in people's lives, slandering them behind the thought of, I got a prayer request. Because if what you say brings the other persons down, you want to hurt their relationship, hurt their reputation. Oh, you think they're good. <laughs> but let me tell you, hmm, I'm just saying we need to pray for them. And it's one of the biggest sins that crept into prayer circles and to the Christian's family of God because of there's pain or insecurity and we'll begin to slander, even make up stuff. Paul says, get rid of all of it. He says, get rid of all malice. That's any evil behavior that's wishing bad on someone else. Some of you right now, you secretly rejoice when the person who hurts you falls. And you hope they do. Because here's what you say. I hear it all the time. I hear it all the time. And when I hear someone say this, it's because they've been hurt in their life and then I dealt with their life because something happened to someone who hurt them. And here's what they say. Karma. What goes around comes around. And I'm sitting there going, you've not gotten over it. See, just the things that come out of our mouth will tell us where our heart is because the Bible says what's in your heart will come out. And if there's an unforgiving spirit in your heart, it will come out by your bitterness, your wrath, your anger, your clamor, your malice, your slander, your attitudes. And people are like, why are you, why are you so hot? What's wrong? I'm not dealt with the pain. And I'm not let go of the person who hurt me. And this affects every one of us. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. All of us have been through some type of pain. But I don't want to. So what do you do? Well, as a follower of Jesus, here's what you got to know about forgiveness. You ready? That was just all introduction. I got seven minutes to land the plane. You ready? You have been commanded by God to forgive. The scripture commands us to forgive. A command, not a suggestion, not if you feel like it, not if everything goes well in your life. Listen to me, listen to me. Your master, the boss, the Lord has commanded his servants, us, to forgive. It's a command. It's not even a suggestion. God has commanded you and me to forgive those who hurt you. Paul writes in Colossians 3, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Make allowances and forgive anyone who offends you. We must make this space in our heart and our life, and how do we do that? I'll show you that just in a moment, to forgive those who've hurt us. Lead us not into death, but forgive those who have a debt. That's what forgiveness is. You owe me. And so many of you today, you're still holding a debt over someone's head and they never can repay it. 
That's what that means. Forget it. They've hurt you. They took something from you. They took something out of you. That's why he says make an allowance. So when life takes something from you with Jesus, you still have a surplus, a full life, abundant life. We just like to say a better life. And most of us have no room for the allowance or we won't make the allowance. We won't make the space. You know, I'm reminded, I was reading an article this week, you know, it was Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, Martin Luther King Day is coming up tomorrow. And, and we always focus on the junior. And I was reading an article about the senior. Now, I don't know if you know the story about the senior. He died in 1984, born in 1899. His son was gunned down. His wife was gunned down. I didn't know some of these. I was reading this article about it. He said, I'm supposed to sit here and hate a black man and hate a white man for what they've done to my family. He says, but I don't have time for that. There is no room in my heart for hatred. In fact, the lowest point you can go as a human is when you have created and allowed hate to enter into your heart. He said, I have all the right, but I would choose not to have hate in my life because that's where unforgiveness leads to, hate. And Jesus says, I said, if you've hated someone, you might as well murder. You've committed murder in your heart. That's how powerful pain and unforgiveness is. And you have been commanded by God to forgive how do you make room? I'm gonna close with this. How do you make allowance? How do I do that, man? Because listen to me, the benefits of, you don't wanna be bitter. You wanna have peace. You don't wanna have hatred. You don't wanna have resentment. You don't wanna always be mad, right? Come on, you can shake it. I don't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be that girl. How do I do that? How do I do it? And if you read the rest of Colossians, he tells you, Colossians 3.13, make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, Christian, remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. You know what the number one motivator to forgive other people? It's because you've been forgiven. And you know what? As a Christian who can't forgive, listen to me, you have gotten over your salvation. How many times have you offended God? How many times you've walked out on him? How many times you've hurt him? How many times you took his name in vain? And I'm not talking about saying a swear word. I'm talking about you claim to be a Christian, but you don't act like one. That's taking God's name in vain. Has he turned his back on you? Has he forgiven you? It says mercy and grace not new every day. Imagine if God held your sin against you like you were holding their sin against them. How do I make allowance? First of all, I'm gonna be really honest with you. If you're here today or you're watching online, if you've never given your life to Jesus and you've never been fully, unconditionally, fully free and forgiven of all your sin, there's no way you can extend it. But as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, when I yield my whole life to him and forgiveness of all my sin, and he floods my soul, 
and I experience what it means to cut out my debt that I can never repay. I can't repay God. I can't earn it. I don't deserve it. I can't work for it. I can't pay for it. I can't read my Bible enough. I can't come to church enough. I can't say a prayer enough. I can't walk an aisle enough. I can't serve enough. That's not what makes me right with God. So God knew that. So guess what he did? Since we can't get to him, he came to us and he sent his son. And whoever will put their faith and trust in him, you were forgiven. You will be forgiven all, all your sin. You know what that word all means in the Greek? All your past, the ones you did today on the way to church and the one you'll do after church for the rest of your life. My grace cleanses you. And you're going, I don't deserve that. That's why it's called grace. They don't deserve forgiveness, but you have been commanded. And you're going to have to trust that vengeance is the Lord's. Retaliation is the Lord's. Nobody may have seen it, but he did. Nobody may not know the full truth, but he does. And what will get you through today is to remember, (laughs) who am I? God, look what I've done to you. Look how I've sinned against you. And not one time have you turned your back on me. You never left me or you never forsaken me. And when that floods your soul, watch this, then you can extend grace. I'm no longer going to allow you to hold my life in bondage for how you hurt me. So I'm going to choose to forgive. Not forget. You won't forget it. In fact, some of you still have scars from it. That scar is going to remind you. And when you look at that scar, here's what it should remind you. God, I don't deserve forgiveness. Thank you that you allow me to have the strength to forgive those who hurt me. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. Imagine what Jesus went through. Nothing what we were going through. But he's here to walk you through it. As I read through the scripture, Psalms 103 says, I will take your sins and I'll remove them as far as the east of the west. There's no measurement there. Isaiah 1 says, through your sins are scarlet. Though your sins are scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's what God says about you. Micah says, I have heard your, hurled your sins into the depths of the sea to remember them no more. The author of Hebrews says, I will remember them no more, your sins. Paul writes in Romans 4, yes, what joy for those who, whose record of the Lord has cleared them of all their sin. And if God can do that to you, how can you not do that to someone else? So here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna ask you just for a moment to bow your head. If you're watching online, bow your head. If you're at our church in grace, and bow your head. Here's what I want you to do. Two things. First, if you've never received Jesus, you can never fully forgive until you've experienced the unconditional love and forgiveness from Jesus who loves you more than anything, who was there with your pain even then you didn't know it, who did not cause it, but has allowed it. And if there was an allowance, it's because there was a purpose for his glory. And I know we may not see that with our scars, but somehow God wants to get glory through your life. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. If you're here 
or if you're watching online and you've never given your life to Jesus, you, before anything else, you have to experience Him. You have to receive grace and mercy. Before you can even deal with your past, deal with your pain, you gotta deal with your sin. Your sin. Here's how you do that. You confess it. You confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. The Bible says you will be saved. And if that is you, I'm gonna ask you to pray with me. Listen, saying a prayer is not what saves you, but your lips can proclaim what your heart declares. And here's what you need to, here's what you need to declare with your lips. Jesus, I believe. If that's you right now, pray. Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Now with your strength and with your help, help me forgive those who've hurt me as you had just forgiven me. And if that's you, just in a moment, Adam's gonna come out, host is gonna come out and share. Anne will come out and share. Grayson, if you're watching online, there's gonna be a number comes up. Really, all, at the end of the day, if you'll text that, this is why. I wanna pray for you. I wanna know who you are. I wanna pray for you. That you crossed from death to life and you gave your life to Jesus. Listen, that's something to shout about. I wanna know. Here's the second invitation. And I'm not trying to bring that person back up that hurt you and wronged you. Some of you, you're still holding on to unforgiveness. Not that it happened to you directly, but indirectly. They talked about your family member. They hurt you. They did something to your sister, to your brother. You fill in the blank, to your friend. And though it wasn't to you, it was indirectly, and you're still harboring it. And the Lord brought you here today, watch this, to let it go. So here's what we're gonna do. I'm not trying to bring back up the past. Some of you may have not have thought about it for a long time. Who in your life hurt you that you are still holding on to it? I bet you it didn't take you long to think about it. And the Lord brought you here today for you to let it go. For you to make the conscious choice to forgive. And I'm no longer let him or her or them control my destiny anymore. For some of you, that was a family member. For some of you, that was a close friend. For some of you, that was people you poured your life into and they walked out on you. They betrayed you, hurt you, slandered you, whatever you wanted to fill in the blank. And today you're gonna to choose to forgive. So I want you now to pray. 
and you talk to God. And I don't know exactly what you need to say, but maybe it could be in the lines of something like this. God, so-and-so hurt me. And the pain hurts today as it did 30 years ago, 20 years ago, last month. And I know as a follower, as your son or as your daughter, this is not your purpose for me to harbor pain. And I cannot do this on my own. So today I choose to trust you. One, you know my heart. Two, that it didn't escape you and you saw it and you will deal with it. So Lord, I'm gonna let it go. They no longer gonna control me anymore. And then when that person I see here or their name pops up, instead of getting angry, I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna pray for them. Specifically for them. I have no idea where the Lord just took you. We all have backpacks. We all have baggages in our life. Some of it's probably really emotionally. I'm going to be real emotional for you. But you can walk out of here today going, I released it. I've cut the debt. I canceled the debt. Because the reality is they can never repay it anyway. So I'm not going to let it affect my next marriage. I'm not going to let it affect my next job. I'm not going to let it affect my emotions at night anymore. I'm not going to affect how I come home and treat my wife. I'm not going to let it affect how I treat my kids. I'm no longer going to allow them to have control over me anymore. I'm going to yield to the Lord. And as I yield, I am filled with His Spirit. Filling comes from yielding. And when I'm walking in the Spirit, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. Father, you have revealed and pinpointed pain in our life today. And Lord, this affects every one of us. For those who are hurting and still hurting, but we're bold enough by faith to trust you, to release them from this pain and to give it to you. I pray God specifically that you would surround them with your presence. You would fill them with your spirit. You allow them to have an over abundance, heart full of peace, knowing that it's okay and you're in control. And now they can live the life to the fullest that you've called them to live. 
that with forgiveness comes a better life, a stressless life, a not being bitter or having resentment, but peace, that they can trust you. And for those, Lord, today, and I'm just going to believe it, it gave their life to you. I would pray that you set them on the right track. You'll send the right people around them, Lord, that we would help them grow and disciple and walk in their, their faith out to the people around them. And they will continue to share their story and their testimony, how you have released them from the debt they owe, but they couldn't repay. That's why we thank you for Jesus, for your son. For it's in his name we ask and we pray. And everybody say, amen.